Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Hello and welcome back. We've got episode six, guys. Wow, episode six. I know, it's going so quickly. It really is. I feel like actually just like this year, let's be honest, going so quickly. Well, it's middle of March, so yeah. Nearly Easter, just got past Christmas. Time for hot cross buns. (laughs) As soon as the Christmas decorations are done, we see hot cross buns. Oh, I know. So how was your weekend, Cal? Very busy. My whole life is busy at the moment. So just getting everything sorted, looking after the kids, same old, you know, really, I'm actually just boring. What about you? (laughs) Look, not a huge amount of exciting things for me. Just lunch Saturday, lunch Sunday, nice and chill actually. This lady for leisure. So lovely when I don't have to worry about kids and families and responsibilities. Just enjoy that for now because I swear when you do, I'll be like, ha, my kids are all Yeah, you'll be throwing it back in my face. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) That's all right. I will enjoy most of it. Good. But episode six, we've got court. Yes, I love court. I look, I'm <laughs> not that in love with court as you are, but I think it's necessary at times. Yes. And I think it's good for us to maybe talk about why it goes there, why it gets that far. I agree. And I also think like everyone has a different experience yeah. within courts, obviously, for rental. Yeah. issues so I think it's good to talk about how we do stuff first maybe other people doing things and yeah, yeah. and I think like I said it's I think a lot of people think we like well you do but like going to court and I feel like it for us it is just the the last step if we can't figure out a, like a solution any other way then there's really no other option but let's be honest like People usually think we're the big bad wolf making yeah. the bad decisions where yeah. we are just the middleman between the owner and the tenant. Yeah. So I love court because I feel like both parties, because obviously they can both be present, actually witness that we're the middleman. So yeah. now a third party is making <laughs> the final decision. Yeah, which is a good way of doing it actually. You put everything forward and mm-hmm. then someone else that's, I guess, not privy to all previous correspondence as such then makes a decision on what they feel is fair. And they're not emotionally connected. Like the tenant's always emotionally connected because they've lived there and the owner obviously owns the property. So yeah. a third party making like a Switzerland-based decision, Yeah, I always think it just takes any of the emotion out of it and you go, well, the judge ruled and that's what it is. Yeah, true. So I guess for us in the last, well, let's say – three to six months Mm -hmm. in terms of going to court. I think our most common case, unfortunately, in this market has been for eviction reasons. Yeah. Which is sad in a way. Well, people have nowhere to go. Yeah. So they don't leave. I know. So And that has probably been – I know we've had a few bonds and and we'll obviously go a bit more detail on what both entails throughout the podcast. But, yeah, I think for us personally it's evictions just because people – one, we've had a few bad tenants, of course. Yeah, which is natural. But the other side of it is they don't have anywhere to go. They genuinely are looking for a property and they can't get out and the owners need the properties back for whatever reason. Yep. And we have to take that action. And I think as well, like human nature, you want to believe that people want to do the right thing. Yeah. So like if it's the tenants stop paying rent and, you know, they're saying, oh, look, we will, we will pay rent. We just are having a bad run. You want to believe that they will. Yeah. So when they don't and you have to go to court to get them out, you feel like, oh, I wish it didn't get here, but yeah. you need someone else to say, look, this is the law and you can't just make promises and not deliver. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It really is. A, it's It can be a sad um I guess, process. But like you said, unfortunately, sometimes it is what it is and it just has to happen. So what is the process? Like how do we get a court date? Mm -hmm. What does all those things entail? 
So we do, and I imagine most other agencies would do it as well, um, online applications. So good. Yeah, so much easier, honestly. Look, I have some feedback on the on the court uh, portal on the process. I'm sure other agents do as well, but essentially do everything online. Yep. So pretty much we jump onto our account. We go through all of our, I guess, our steps based on what court lodgement we're looking at. So for everyone listening, Form 6 and Form 12 are the two that we usually do. Mm-hmm. So one is for a bond release. Yep. And one is for, I guess, any other orders outside of that. Mm-hmm. So for example, eviction. Yep. So fill out all your paperwork, uh, fill out your questionnaires, and then you can upload. The great thing is you can now upload documents. See, that is so good because yeah. before you couldn't. Obviously, you had to yeah. print out copies, but now the registrar gets all the information before. They do. I have experienced them not looking at it still. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yep. So you upload everything and I still take paper copies. Oh, so you yeah. back your set. Okay, yeah. old school set. Because, well, to be honest, the last few cases we've been to is we've used paper copies because they've asked for them. Oh, so they haven't yep. probably even printed it. Oh, <laughs> no. how frustrating. Welcome to technology 2023. Oh, look, to be fair, we do ours, most of our cases fall through June alert. I yep. have heard um, that Perth Magistrate is a lot more on the ball with that. Perth Magistrate is very serious. Yeah. I have been to court there and it's very nerve-wracking. Yeah, so I, I would expect that they probably are more on the ball with all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But Junior Lock Court, I don't know if they just, they're just cruising. This is like cruising. Yeah, Midland, same. I've been to Midland a few times and the same thing. <laughs> but I, I, so many people have so many different experiences, I think, with different registries, different magistrates, different locations. So I feel like it's not one size fits all at the moment. Yeah, no one's <laughs> experience would be the yeah. same. Yep, I hear that. Yeah, so like I said, I love being able to upload it, but at the moment I am still taking extra copies. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I guess first one we'll talk about maybe eviction. Yes. So why would we need to evict someone? They haven't paid rent. Yep. They've been there beyond their vacate date. They've been breached and they haven't yep. rectified a breach. I guess they're the main three I can think of. Yeah, they would be the most, most common ones. I think I've only ever taken a tenant to court once for a breach yep. of anything other than unpaid rent and mm-hmm. it was for not looking after the property. Yeah. Um, but it was significant i was gonna say damage pretty serious yeah it wasn't just you know a few cleaning issues here and a a bit of damage there it was significant damage throughout the property and i was granted that but i reckon these days you probably wouldn't get a huge look in if you were doing something along those lines see i said the same thing to charlie the other day that i don't think we could take a tenant to court we're trying to evict it's a whole other story (laughs) but um i said to charlie that i don't think the magistrate would rule in our favor because of how hard the housing crisis yeah. is. And that is a, it a big concern. So we did do an eviction just recently, actually. One of our property managers went and it was it was tough on her actually because it was for a family. They had fallen behind in rent um, and... Did they have a reason why? There was a few reasons. Okay. I won't go into detail on those ones, but there was a few reasons and I know that the family obviously was finding it hard to get another rental because we weren't able to give them a good reference, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, and they were stressed, as you can imagine. They had a few kids and they were Aww. trying to, you know, do the best that they can and it really got the property manager down. Like you can imagine, you know, having to deal with that because it's not her fault that this is the process that needs to happen. And also it's not the owner's fault if they can't yeah. pay the mortgage without yeah. the rent. So it's just... That's just a really sad situation. Yeah, but she did go to court and the, I think it was the register she was in front of, and they tried to convince her to let the tenant stay. The register did? Yeah. Even though the tenant hadn't paid yeah. rent? 
So they tried to organize. How much was the tenant behind? Like a lot. It was probably about four, five thousand dollars. So significant. Okay. But you can understand why because of the market. Like in one way, obviously. But yeah, so they registered tried to put forward if we could put the tenants on a payment plan, could they stay long term? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we said. <laughs> I just, but that is exactly what happened. See, and this is the thing: the register obviously would be privy to way more housing crisis cases than yeah. we are, so they know how hard it is. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, as a tenant, you have to pay the rent. Yeah, that's just the law, regardless of your circumstances. And life happens. I get that. If we have to take you to court for non-payment of rent, that's not going to look good for you. So yeah. you know, don't let it get to that point. I know, and it was a concern. So um, you know, the property manager rang and said, "What do I do?" And we ended up getting an order uh, for eviction with sixty days. Okay, so I gave the tenant sixty days. So that's still a good amount of time. We were happy to give, the owner was happy to give them that time. You know, they, they obviously want the property back, but they understood the scenario. So it was for sixty days on a payment plan until that time. And if they failed to pay the approved payments, then you could bring that the eviction would be brought forward. So it was a good outcome, Mm -hmm. but to start with, you can see they were hesitant in giving us an order. So I feel like right now if you went for uh, any sort of breach, I think, probably with regards to, let's say, unapproved pets or damage or cleaning, is I don't think unless it was significant that you would really be able to get it through. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough on owners because people need the money to pay the mortgage. Like interest rates are going up. We know all that. So, yeah, that's that whole thing is tough. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad I'm not a property manager anymore. Yeah, fair. So, like, so first of all, talking about the registrar. Mm-hmm. So, once we've done our uh, forms online, yep, we've submitted it. It gives us options of dates. So we choose the date, do we? We you get the first available date. Yep. But obviously, if you can't make that, you've got options. Okay. Gotcha. So it'll say, and wait time here is I'm going to say about three weeks, roughly. I would have said about 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll say this is the next available. If you want that, great. If not, it'll give you a lot dates to choose from. So we generally choose the next available in yep. most scenarios. Um, and then, yeah, book it in. So, and then Do you, you book a time? Yeah, it's, they're all booked for, mm, I'm going to say. 9.30? I think it's 9.30 now. No, it used to be 9, there. but I think it's 9.30 now. That's right. So well, like, for the, this, this is for the registrar. So just first case goes to the registrar. So explain that to the people. Uh <sighs> So I don't know the exact definition, but essentially a registrar can only make a court order if all parties are in agreement. Yeah. So um, in the case of an eviction, I guess, in, in the case I just gave, mm-hmm. those tenants wanted to stay on. Obviously, we negotiated the 60 days. The registrar was able then to put make an order and say, hey, all parties have agreed to this specific reason yep. or this outcome. Um, but if they don't have the ability to do that and don't have everyone in agreement, then they actually refer it on. To who? The magistrate. Yes. Yeah. And then in our experience at the moment, wait times for a magistrate, uh, another three to four weeks. That's actually pretty in good. In cases. Okay, yep. Yeah, there is a difference with bond cases. Mm. So we might go back to that one in a moment. But for eviction cases, we're seeing three to four weeks. So like a six-week process realistically. In a perfect world. Yep. Yeah, okay. You know, give or take, you know, you might have another week or two, depending on public holidays and things like that. But, yeah, give or take, you're looking at about that time to finally get through the eviction process as such. Yeah. The perfect world. Ending inside. Yeah. Or have some uh, form of order. But, like, we have another case uh, where a tenant, same thing, didn't pay rent. Yep. Went to the registrar. They, I don't think they turned up, so we were given an order, mm-hmm. um, an eviction order, and then they didn't move out. So then we had to go to a bailiff. 
I love bailiffs. <laughs> that would be my job if I had to choose another job other than this. I would be a bailiff. You reckon? I would love it. I think it would be interesting. That's, that's why for I would sure. Love it. Yeah, it's and we've been thank uh, lucky enough, I should say, not to have to have done too many of those over the years. Mm. Unfortunately, the last probably six months we've had two. But again, both unpaid rent cases. And so a bailiff is essentially like when you get an order for yep. vacant possession. Yep. And then the tenant, you're unsure if the tenant's left. So usually they haven't left, let's be honest. In most cases, yeah. And then we book a bailiff for like $1,000-ish. Uh, yeah, I think the last couple have been just over. Okay. But, and yeah, it's quite Smith. significant. Yeah, you need to book. So obviously you, they didn't vacate. You then apply for a bailiff. Uh-huh. You put it all through. That in our experience recently took about two weeks okay. before we got a date from them saying, hey, this is the date I'll go there and forcibly remove the tenant um, and you book a locksmith for the same day. Yeah, and then so when I was talking to the bailiff recently, they were saying that they go, so the bailiff was booked for a Friday, so they attended the property on the Tuesday, Okay. knocked on the door, yep. nobody was home, so they put a notice on the external window, two notices on yep. the front of the property and then they went back the day before Again, the notices have been ripped off, so tried to knock. Nobody was there. Yeah. And then obviously they met us there on the Friday and obviously like the tenant wasn't there anyway. Yeah. But they tried three times to like meet and talk to the tenant, communicate that, you know, as of this day and it's basically they were saying as of this date we take back possession of the property. Should you trespass onto the land, like we can call the police, it's trespassing. So I feel like they really go out of their way to a – inform the tenant as much as they could but b make the process smooth so when they do take the property back yeah. no one's there kicking and screaming yeah and i think in most cases the bailiffs they haven't been there and i don't know if that's just the tenant at the tenants i mean the bailiffs obviously been there <laughs> i was like what yeah my bad um no i think the, t- so the tenants haven't been there and i don't know if that's because they know it's coming and don't want to be there for that time. i don't think you'd want to be there would yeah you? i don't think it'd be really all that pleasant no um, but essentially, yeah, the bailiff turns up, um, the property manager turns up and the locksmith, the property manager and lock, locksmith stay off site and the bailiff does their job. So they'll go through. I think they do them in pairs now too. They do, yeah. Yeah. The two guys were there and just Because the last couple I've through. done, well, the last very interesting one I did was a couple of years ago and there was only one. But, yeah, I think they do them too now for safety, which you can understand. Absolutely. Well, one, there was obviously like a main guy, so he knocked on the door and then he found the entry and then the other dude just sort of mulled around the front. I felt like he was like waiting for like the tenant to like jump out of a window. Yeah, okay. Not that he could just do anything. Just being on alert. Like but he was very much like I'm ready if you need me to stand here Yeah. and stand there. And then like, they just walk through. Yeah. So they check all the windows the bailiffs did. They checked okay. all the windows if they opened and awesome. closed. And they checked all the doors and then – they actually spoke to the neighbours for a while because I was yeah. very into this case <laughs> and then they left. So they weren't there for long. Yeah, I don't think they are um, usually. So I've been, one the one that I did a couple of years ago, the um, tenants were there and they had a note on the front door saying, we've got COVID, can't, you can't evict us. Clever. And this was when very it clever. was, yeah, when you had COVID, I think you had to go into seven days isolation. Mm-hmm. No one could enter the property. So it was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we got there at, I think we got there at nine and, yeah, bailiff turned up, saw the note, was knocking on the door, tenant was yelling through the window pretty much, like you can't come in, and we had to call the police. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the police took probably an hour to get wow. there, so we're just chilling. 
And they turned up and I guess at the time the government had all these protocols around COVID, the police had to ask the tenant a few questions through the window, get all their information, call it into the station. They had to check all the government um, regulations. Yeah, all of that. Um, And it was at the time you had to submit your test, your positive test as well. So they had to check that to make sure that they weren't listed as being. Had they actually done it? They had not. Ah. Yeah. So then after all of that, it was probably about two and a half hours later, finally the police knocked on the door and said, we've checked everything. Our records indicate you don't have COVID. We've got to get you out. And, it, yeah, it was interesting. The bailiff, they pretty much at that point opened the door, packed a bag and just walked away. I love my stuff way too much to just, like, leave it in the house. They left the entire house. Yeah, no. (laughs) Guys, we will do a whole other episode on bailiffs and evictions like that. So let's circle back to court. Yeah, we could be talking about that I love that. Anyway, moving on. So court. So that is, it is brief, but that is a bit of an overview on one reason you'd go for Mm -hmm. eviction purposes. Other one is for security bond. Yeah, so when you say bond, like I know what you're talking about, but what, like, what do you mean? So obviously for those that don't know, when you move into a property, a rental property in WA, I'm sure it's the same across the country, but in WA you have to pay a security bond. Which is how much? So four weeks rent. Plus? Pet bond, which is 260 if they like have a pet. I was quizzing you <laughs> I know. And I, for a minute I was like, how much again? I, just I was forgot. like, you've got this, 260 <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that gets lodged with the bond administration. So government department that hold the money. And they hold the money in the name of the owner, well, in the name of the tenant technically, but they list the property address and they list the owner's name. Mm-hmm. And if it's managed by an agency, they list the agency name. Cool. Yeah. So what would happen is if a tenant vacates the property uh, and, for example, there's some bond deductions, let's say there's a little bit of cleaning, maybe some water usage. Bit of damage. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. If both parties can't come to an agreement, so if the owner and the tenant don't come to an agreement and give us the permission to release the bond, Mm -hmm. then the only other way it can be done is with a court order. So the only other way the bond can be released is through a court order. Yeah, so either agreeing by all parties or court order. So do you find that this happens often? Unfortunately, it is probably a little bit more often than I would like. Okay. Again, I found probably more recently and I think it's probably just because money's tight. Money, and, and for everyone, like, you know, utilities are going up, rents are going up, uh, interest rates are going up. Like I feel like just collectively the economy is mm-hmm. it's more expensive to live. And I feel like people are less tolerant. You know, back in the day yeah. when I was probably a PM, owners would have been like, yeah, let that slide. It's a small chip or things like that. Yeah. People weren't as... I think, fussy with things where now if, God forbid, a tenant's chipped the wall with the vacuum, you know, like (laughs) with the handheld vacuum or whatever, people want to go it. They don't want to just let it slide. Like I hear the girls talk and I'm like, wow, back in the day I would have been like, yeah, that's fine, release it. Now it's like, no, (laughs) not. If a plant's dead, they don't want the small, beautiful, same plant. They want that like perfect Yeah, and people will not compromise. There's none. It's more also when they're selling now too because a lot of our investors are kicking their tenants out so they can sell for various reasons. And they want it perfect. Yeah. So that is probably the most common reason why we're going is either one party one party or the other is not reasonable mm-hmm. um, or we just generally can't negotiate. You know, yeah. you've gone back and forth. We're trying each party is, you know, happy to offer something but just can't. They can't to, meet in the middle. Yeah. Yep. So then we would suggest, okay, this is where we're at. Let's go to court to get your bond release. We'll have a third party here and. So does the owner come? So I have, they do like the owner to come. So the first hearing again is with the registrar. Yep. So what I usually do with the registrar is we're 
not in agreeance, we're going to go to the registrar and still not be in agreeance. Mm -hmm. It's hard, it's hardly unlikely that we're going to be able to come to an agreement on that day if we've tried prior. So I've never had the owner come to the registrar one. Okay. But um, when you, I've just lost my word. When you get, no, help me out. When you get rebooked? Yeah, essentially. We'll go with that. I'm, I'm like, where are <laughs> no, you going? Right. I okay. don't know. Um, oh, let's rescheduled. go re scheduled with a magistrate. We'll go there because I still can't think of the word. Yep, it'll come um, to you. Yeah, it will eventually. Uh, you, then they say to you at that time, look, we would recommend that the owner be present. Yeah. Or available via um, like telephone call. Yeah, because the magistrate is going to make a decision. Yeah. Like it's different. Like you've said, it's different to the registrar. The magistrate doesn't have to have you guys agree. He can make a final ruling if he thinks this $300 for this damage yeah. on the wall is reasonable or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they do say that at that point, either having them present or having them available on the phone. So I've had a few cases where in that hearing they've not been available um, to be present. So mm -hmm. I've gone there with their instruction. And sometimes if they magistrate talks to you, they'll ask you to go outside and try and call them to try and see if they're, you know, happy to come to an agreement. Yeah. Um, but I've also been to the magistrate where at that point there's been no agreement. So then it's referred to trial. Mm, and that I've is something I've twice in the what 12 years I've been mm -hmm. here. Um, so it doesn't happen often. Not at all. Uh, I think, you know, most people by then, the magistrates had a chat to you. You've kind of gone through all the evidence. And, and everybody to wants kind of, to negotiate I think usually so. at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things. But, you know, you get every now and then someone digs their heels in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, at the, that time when it goes to trial, then the owner has to be present. Yeah, they don't have a choice. Yep. So you can be there and act on their behalf, but, yeah, they have to actually as be as there as long as they're there because they're making the final decision of what they're approving. Well, they don't actually get uh, the option. Oh, so in my oh, last trials, right. the owner came. So you go in there and, and you're a tenancy case, so you sit in court all day listening to all the criminal cases, which I is know, very like interesting. the last case always. And then at about maybe 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they finally hear you if you're lucky. Um, and you go in there and you essentially – have to do the oath or the affirmation. Yeah, raise your own hand. Yeah, Thank you. all of that. And then the owner or the property manager gets the chance to, I guess, question the tenant about some of the documents and vice versa. Yeah. Then after that happens, the magistrate asks a few questions um, and then they actually, you're not allowed to discuss figures in front of them as to any sort of agreement you've tried previously to yeah. negotiated. Yeah. So the magistrate doesn't want any of that. So they ask their questions, then they leave the room. Yeah, because they look at all the evidence. Yeah. Like it's very courting. They yeah. look at all the evidence, all the information, and they make a fair, well, they make the decision, don't they? Essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, so they leave the room and you can chat between yourselves. But then when they come back in and if you've had any sort of conversations about price, you're still not allowed to mention it. No, nah, they don't want to know. I had a, yeah. That reminds me. When I went to trial, my owner actually bought the laundry door the actual <laughs> physical door off the hinges that no. had been like damaged from the dryer. So she was walking into the court carrying a the door. door. Photo she wasn't, she bought the door. Very impressive. I Props to her. Yeah, she really has, um, yeah, gone above and beyond Ooh, with that the one. The magistrate really appreciated it. He could see that. <laughs> he could see that damage oh, clearly. too funny. But, yeah, so then they come back in, they've looked at all the paperwork and they say this is what I think's fair. And that's it. That's done. See, this is why I love court. Mm. Because somebody else makes the final decision on what a fair and reasonable amount yeah. is. Because I might think $200 is reasonable compensation and you might think $600 is reasonable. Yeah. Like I don't know why everyone always gets so nervous or scared at the idea of court. Like I think sometimes owners, and again, this is just speaking on experience, get nervous about court because they're usually the ones that are sitting at a higher figure. Yeah. So they don't want to lose the money. 
Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make so sense. So that's where they're like, no, we want to resolve this out of court because they're worried that if they go, they might walk away with nothing. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, look, it does make sense. And I think it's court can be, I guess for us, we kind of know the process now, so it's not as scary, but court can be scary for people. You know, tenants and owners that don't really know what to expect. Even is, property managers? Well, look, some property managers haven't gone before. Yep. Or if they don't have that support is they can be terrified of going. So the only thing, so one big thing I always say, especially to the girls here, is be prepared. Have everything. Yeah. So in terms of preparation, I'll quiz you. What did you used to take to court when you went for, let's say, an eviction? So you go back to everything. You take yeah. your application, your lease, property condition report, inspections. Why am I going to court again? I just forgot. I said eviction, but we'll go with bond. Oh, no, we can do that because I would take all of that. <laughs> like if I was going for an eviction. I well, let's go to, either, just in general, what I sort of paperwork like they're looking full for. full on in like a court folder and take every yeah. single thing. So if he asked me for anything, mm-hmm. I was covered. And then obviously like if you've, evic- if you've evicted them for not payment of rent, the notices yeah, that you've issued. that's a big one. Used to be back in the day, so it used to be in the mail. So yeah, I would take the mail a book. copy of the mail book. <laughs> like I literally, this is the thing, I took everything, yeah. three copies. One yep. copy for me as a property manager, one copy for the tenant, should they be there, and one copy for the judge. Yeah, so I like, still do that actually. That was, and then... I'd label it so I'd cut a little post-it yeah. note in half and I'd write on the edge of the post-it, what you've got? lease here oh, and I all love of that. that. So I was like fully covered. And I still think if you asked me to go to court today for you something, do it. I would, old school me would probably take yeah. exactly what I took back in the day. I think, I th- like I love that. And I know that these days they don't um, tell oh, you, you need to take them any of it. And then they don't. But I, I'm the same as you. I'll always take it. And that's why I say the property managers here is when they're nervous because we had one recently and she was. I said, if you are organised, if you have your information and you know what you're saying essentially or mm-hmm. what you're going for, then whatever happens, happens. And like th- you can't predict what someone else is going to do. Absolutely not. And I think what like back when I used to go a bit, it always used to get me like flustered if they'd asked for something and I had to look for it. And then I just realised like, okay, they can wait. Like there's no time limit on me. I'm just going to chill out, take my time, find what the magistrate has asked for and there. And I think as soon as you realise that you're now in control of the time, it's okay. And they don't. Like they don't rush you. They're Like obviously they're trying to get the cases in and out, but they're very polite in most instances, very polite to deal with. So you do. If you've got it there, you've got it labelled. They ask you a question, you give them the paperwork. And I remember one day I went with <laughs> one of our property managers. They were teaching me back mm-hmm. in the day and she left her phone on. On set, like sound. Yeah, and oh, it no. rang in oh, court. No. Oh, honestly, oh, no. since that day I've been too scared to go anywhere near a courtroom with a phone. And you get it because, like, you you need to be organised, you need to be respectful, you need to get it all sorted. Mm-hmm. And, she, and it was an innocent mistake oh. but it instantly in my head was like, I will never do that. No, no way. And it's, then, <laughs> it's like they've got this little holding <laughs> box area. before you go in. Like I would check my phone was on silent yeah. ten times. Vibrate off on silent. And you have to walk on the like the right side and oh. It's yeah, I know. It can be nerve wracking, but if you just listen and like said, take it all in, be remain respectful. calm. Respectful is a big one, I think, as well, because they're, you know, it's their time. It's everyone's time. It's mm-hmm. our time. You know, it's the tenant's time, the owners if they're turning up, but also the register and the magistrate. And, you know, they've got a lot of cases to go through. But how many times have you been in court and seen when we're waiting? Because obviously, like, we all wait in yeah. the same area. Yeah. People that are just carrying on like a pork chop <laughs> and you're thinking this isn't going to get you anywhere. It's so common. And I don't know if maybe they don't think about 
I guess what they're doing in the waiting room because you are right that like the other day I was there and there was about 40 people in the waiting room and there was someone carrying on quite considerably and I just don't think that they know what other people are then like taking from that I'm like this isn't getting you anywhere sit down be respectful wait politely then you'll be called in and for the first time ever in that exact case they got referred from the registrar to the magistrate in the same day that's impressive. Yeah. And I'm imagining it's got something to do with how that unfolded on. when they were in court. Obviously, I yeah. wasn't privy to that. But that's the first time I've ever been sat there and someone has been referred to the magistrate within the same day. Yeah, look, I've not seen it. At Joondalup anyway. Yeah, okay. Midland tend to do it a little bit more. They Perth had court, pre- I've done it once. Yeah. But never at Joondalup. Crazy. I know. So I think it's very important. And, again, for me, in terms of importance of taking the information, make sure it's correct. Check it. Oh, my gosh, Yes. Like the last thing you want is to go to court being confident that you've got a good case and something's wrong. Yep. No, a date's wrong or you you need to check those things. Well, if you're going to court, like you said, for a bond and you're arguing over specific items on the bond, whether it be a carpet stain, a dead plant, a hole in the door, be specific. Take the photos of those specific. Like I'm just, like you said, if you're organised, Take your time when they ask the question so you can answer it properly and you should be fine. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that happened to me once. And it, so the information I had was correct. He, the owner had done some repairs and provided me with some receipts mm-hmm. for reticulation, I think it was. Yeah. I had added it all up and put it on the court order. Yeah. But then between when I did the order and when we went to court, the owner had actually reduced that bill. And I had forgotten to make a note of that. So it wasn't until when I got to court and I was like, oh, sorry, the owner has actually reduced it. And he said to me, to what amount? And I hadn't written it down and I didn't have a calculator. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I actually had to do a hand write maths. Well, this is the thing. So I couldn't do it because I'm no no. good at maths. So if anyone knows me, I'm terrible at maths. And the, um, I think it was the registrar, made a joke and he was like, all right, I'll do it for you. And he calculated it for me. And from that day, now I take a calculator every time I go. Eh, that's fair. That's- <laughs> but it is it is something that I wasn't prepared for. So in that scenario, as soon as he asked me the question, I didn't have the information. So naturally I And isn't out. that funny that from now on you've always taken yeah. a calculator? And if someone asks me what to take to court, if it's a bond, every single time I'll tell them to take a calculator. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Well, most likely you're negotiating if the other party's there. So you are going to have to recalculate it in some instances. So, yeah. So handy tip for everyone, calculator. So then when owners or tenants suggest court, yep. so hypothetically and like, you know, they can't agree, we'll go back to the bond and they're like, oh, we'll just go to court. Do you think it's benefit, like honestly, in your mm-hmm. honest opinion, having done this job for a while? Yep. Do you think court can be beneficial to the owner and to the tenant or what do you – do you think it ever sways one way? I think it's – yeah, see, that's a hard one. I do think it's case specific. I do think it is beneficial in a way – if we're looking at it broadly, Mm. I think it's beneficial in the way that it allows tenants and owners in some instances to maybe come back down to earth and see what is reasonable and what the legislation does say. Cool. Because I know from our point of view is, you know, we try and do that education as much as possible, but there's always times where someone just doesn't agree with Or they don't listen. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, yeah, they think that they know better in whichever way that may be. So I feel like it's beneficial in that sense is people can go there, they can see what the process is and they can see how the determination, I guess, was made. Yep. Um, I don't think it's beneficial for time for a lot of people. And yeah, actually taking the time out of your life to yeah. go. Yeah. And clogging up the court system, let's be honest, because mm. 
I know that they obviously prioritise, you know, their criminal cases and everything. But we find here sometimes the wait times are significant. They do, especially I reckon different times of year. Yeah. They can get really pushed out. Yeah. And if it's a bond and let's say, you know, you, the owner only wants $500 out of a $30,000 bond, is that poor tenant is waiting a long the, uh, the time two and a half grand. Yeah. Yeah. just to argue over $500. Yeah. So I think that's that's a bit of a downside. Um, and the wait times for bond cases in some instances, if you're going to a magistrate, I've, we've waited up to six months. See, that – Oh, that is just crazy because yeah. most of the time, well, all of the time the tenant's vacated. So yeah, they've moved everything. into another house yep. and they've paid a new bond yep. and they still don't have their odds. So that is just crazy to me. And, in, and the magistrate warns you when you're there or the they registrar- and they say, look, you know, it's a bond case. It's not going to take priority. It's not an eviction case. It's not a criminal case. We've got a lot on. You are going to be waiting months. Mm. Excuse me. Um, and then, yeah, four to six months at least for some cases. That's just crazy. But, again, that see that. I feel like if I was a tenant and I heard that in the court, yeah, that would make me want to negotiate more to get yeah. it resolved. Then I would be waiting, like you said, for six months for my other two and a half grand of bond. Yeah, so that could be a good thing too. Yeah, so I do, I do think, like I said, in case specific, but it can be very beneficial in certain areas, and it gives us uh, like a good foundation to work off as well. So when we're talking to clients. We can kind of talk to them about our experiences and and what has been said to us previously. And that's the thing. You don't know unless you've been through it. So I'm always big in like a, well, we've been to court for this before and this is what's happened. So we can only go off our experience. Exactly. you make the call. Yeah. Yeah. So I love having that information handy because, you know, like I've been through a few scenarios. It hasn't happened to me before. And in my head I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I'll Mm. talk to the owners and say, look, based on information I've got, based on similar cases, this is what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I give them that opinion and they say, oh, look, we we might push it, we might not. Have you, you know, gone to court for something like that? I'm like, yeah, we have, this was the outcome. And then I, I guess it just gives you more information yeah, as and much as possible. And you can never have too much information. No. And then when it comes to the Tenancy Act and all the grey areas within it, you can never have too much information. <laughs> But I still stand by the fact of, like, don't be scared by court. No, I agree completely. Like, I just think sometimes it's just the real best way to resolve a situation. But the biggest tip that I reckon you have said and I would completely agree with is just be organised. Yeah, I feel like if you just remember being organised and having all of the information, then it's not going to go wrong. Yes, you might not get the outcome that you would like or that you're hoping for, but that's out of your control. And you'll get an outcome. Yeah. At least when you go, you'll be You'll have a resolution. Correct. Yes, there might be someone, one party that's unhappy with a resolution, but you've done your job. You've yep. put all your information together, you're organised, you've put that forward and someone else has made a ruling based on what they believe is fair. Yeah, exactly. So and that's all we can do, represent them. Yeah. So I, we don't want to probably bore everyone too much that's longer. That's enough court chat. <laughs> it's like I feel like we need music, like court chat. Mm-mm. Yeah. You could probably actually come up with something I catchy. Could. I'm actually <laughs> dancing for the people, so you guys have missed out. But I do, like, there's just so many different factors, of course, but I just think I know some owners and some tenants, like I said, do get scared about going. But at the end of the day, if you've got a property manager that can kind of talk you through the process, utilise that. Have Absolutely. those conversations, find out what, you know, they think, and then I guess make a decision from there. Yeah. Always oh. be reasonable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My last line will be always be reasonable. Oh, God. Well, look, episode six done and dusted, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.